we have a new sponsor of ad spend do you hate money well if you hate money you're going to hate retention.com if you love money you're going to love retention.com and you're going to hear a little bit more about them later in the show but you can go sign up right at retention.com if you can't wait till then enjoy the episode of ad spend exclusively on the triple whale network people who are like nailing dpa are spending most of their budgets against it and it's performing really well and so we've seen because we've built a dpa product at marpipe We've just seen a lot of insights on DPA strategy that have been really effective for some brands that I think would be awesome to cover and talk about today. All right, folks, welcome back to your favorite DTC podcast. And we brought an expert to revive the ancient art of the DPA. We have some really awesome stuff to go down. Uh, we're really going to drill down into dyna dynamic product ads. Um, but before we do that, we have to welcome the man with the plan, the coolest New Jerseyan on the planet, Ashwin Mawani. Welcome, Ash. Thanks for having me. <laughs> of course, of course. Um, so leading the discussion is Dan Pintello. Dan is uh, founder or co-founder? Founder. Founder. Yep. Founder. Oh, founder. yeah. He, he, don't, he don't need no help, baby. He's the big boy over there. Um, he has this really amazing company called Marpipe. Dan and I connected uh, a while back and we've just stayed in touch. And they really, uh, I don't want to say cut their, your teeth, but you really had a, a really incredible product offering in terms of multivariate testing. But then you started to go into DPA and you realized that a lot of people were writing off dynamic product ads for the wrong reasons. So uh, kind of, I guess, one, for people that don't know or just got started in paid advertising, what are dynamic product ads? Um, and then from that, let's drill down into kind of some of the headwinds that you've seen people hit. Yeah, yeah, totally. Thanks for having me, guys. Ash, I'm over here enjoying my Obvi bars that you, you guys should have the offers. These, oh my these collagen. You, you Everybody gets the peanut man. butter bars, but Raba, unbelievable. <laughs> uh, he knows those are my God favorite. Damn. Unbelievable. <laughs> we got the dis the rare discontinued Unreal. Reese's flavor. Unreal. Rare. These are Jeez. very these, rare. These are a commodity now. The resale value of these very yes. high. You're going to see some on StockX sometime soon. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable, this guy. That's what I'm scared to send you, Raba. I feel like I'm going to find them on StockX, like, immediately. <laughs> I love it. Amazing. So, what, so okay, okay. Dynamic product ads, right? Let's let's talk about DPA. What What is DPA for, for folks who, who, who might not have be familiar with the format? It's a it, it's it's a it's a um, a media type just like image ads or static image ads uh, or or like video right. Um, essentially, how it works, really to boil it down, is if you have products or any form of inventory, like for instance, if you're a travel company, you have a bunch of like flight deals, um, or you're a gaming company. Um, you know, it's not specifically for SKUs alone. But if you have inventory of offerings of any kind, you have a catalog. And simply how it works is you plug in your catalog into an ad platform like Meta or TikTok. Um, every major social platform accepts catalog uploads. Um, you upload your catalog the same way you would upload a video file or an image file. The platform reads what's in your product catalog. So okay. it'll see, okay, there's a, you know, you have a product in here that is you know, like a red leather boot that is selling for $120. So the platform can understand 
what products are in your catalog. It reads that. And then it'll look for other audience based on if you're doing broad targeting, which a lot of people are doing, it's called DAVA, um, dynamic yeah. ads, broad audiences. Um, it'll, it'll automatically be able to see what other people are looking for, you know, red leather boots that are a hundred bucks and it'll serve your product to people who are already looking for similar products. Yeah. Right. Um, and so in reality, like how it ends up looking is you plug in your product feed, you say, go crazy, Facebook, show this to the bright people who you think are looking for things like this. And effectively the creative that comes out of it, like the ad experience that they see is just that product image from your catalog. Right. So it'll be like that picture of that same picture of that, like red boot that's on your Shopify product page will be the actual image that they see. And so we've all, this is such a really, this is a really popular ad type. And so we've all seen this natively in our feeds. You know, when you're scrolling through your feed and you just see that, like just straight up row of product images, those are dynamic product ads, DPA. And I think like why, what, what's really interesting is like DPA is bigger than anyone thinks. Like when I talk about how per, how actually pervasive DPA is, people are usually shocked to hear that like one fourth of all digital ads on paid social in 2022, one fourth was dynamic product ads. Like this is a That's huge a category. Okay. And it's, I think it's like criminally under talked about, right? Like most major retailers and most DTC brands are relying heavily on DPA as a workhorse in their ad account, right? And I think that a lot of folks don't really, uh, like it, it's, you know, if, if in the podcast sphere and in the Twitter sphere, right, we're often talking about like crazy new deep, like strategies for UGC and like, and, and there's like all these other topics and rightfully so like that dominate the conversation. But like a lot of people aren't talking about like DPA strategy. And we've seen that like in a world where, you know, in e-commerce and DTC, your main moat is operational excellence. And in a world where like DPA is pretty complicated to set up, there's a lot of ways you could go wrong. And there's a few really good tactics for how to nail it. People who are like nailing DPA are spending most of their budgets against it and it's performing really well. And so we've seen, because we've built a DPA product at Marpipe, we've just seen a lot of insights on DPA strategy that have been really effective for some brands that I think would be awesome to cover and talk about today. Yeah, I love all that. I want to get your thoughts, Moani, but the the first biggest kind of question I have, and so to give people the too long didn't read, um, you can have carousels, um, you can have single images, um, DABA is also um, really, really effective if you can get it to work. For those, uh, I think the kids might get this reference. I mean, essentially, Wish.com was built off the back of DPA ads where you would see just the most random, like, uh, and it makes you think what's going through. Like, if you spend enough money, do you get to circumvent a lot of Facebook's policies? Because some of the stuff there were put out mode and you're like, what? How does this, how did this get greenlit? Um, but b- before I jump into Ash, because I want his, the, the biggest pushback I hear on DPA is I don't have a lot of SKUs. Can you still succeed if you say you have four to six SKUs or something like that? Would you still encourage somebody to try DPA, Dan? Or is there like a SKU threshold, like a limited number of products where it's like you need this kind of floor of products where you need at least 10 products or something like that to really get the most out of DPA? Or is that a misconception? No, it's 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 a misconception. So, okay. I will say with a caveat, it's a misconception with a caveat. 
the more SKUs you have, generally the more effective DPA becomes, okay? But having a low amount of SKUs doesn't mean you can't find incredible success with DPA because it's inherently a different type of ad format yeah, that's different, different information to the ad platform. So when you upload an image file or a video file, it's totally different than uploading like your seven SKUs or maybe even just your one hero SKU where you have all of this other information that you're giving Facebook that allows it, the algorithm to target and act different. Right. So for that reason, everyone should be experimenting and trying DPA regardless of the SKU count. But of course, if you've got tons of SKUs, it's going to work even better. Yeah, that's fantastic. All right, Milwani, take us away. Let us know your thoughts. Are you guys running any DPA? How do you approach it? How would you fold it into your marketing strategy? Yeah, I think uh, for us, for the longest time, we weren't able to run it just because we were supplements. And so like our catalog, whenever we would upload things would get rejected and things like that. Interesting. And I think it was because we were misclassified on their back end as like pharma. And so we went through like multiple reps who were unable to kind of like transition us to like health and beauty. Um, actually recently yeah. we were able to kind of get that unflagged and, and start running some of this stuff. And I think in the, the, the best use case that we've seen has been um, just lower the funnel, bottom of the funnel, um, you know, retargeting ads, kind of just sticking up the whole the whole catalog just because we have so many SKUs. It, it's hard to kind of, you know, set up different funnels for each product. So it's kind of like, hey, go and show what the last thing, you know, your, your standard practice, right? Um, one thing that I've seen recently is, and, and not a lot of people are talking about it, is including it in your Advantage Plus campaigns. And basically the whole theory Ooh. behind this is having multiple formats and multiple um different types of ads in this like ASC, including DPA also helps that in addition, right? So I'm curious if, I think we've tested it and it's kind of like, it's getting there. I think the reason why it's not fully there is because we're also running other campaigns still. And I think the preferred method is like, either you're going all in on ASC or you're testing it. Um, so we're still in that testing process, but I'm curious um, if you've seen anything, because uh, that's what Meta has been pushing on us, like, drop it in ASC, like push that and, and see what, what happens. But curious what your, your thoughts are there. Yeah. So, so for anyone who hasn't experimented with it yet, definitely drop TPA campaigns into ASC, but we're really seeing a hit or a miss here. It's a really kind of like okay. a 50, 50, uh, like chance of success. But one of the kind of bigger, more underlying problems is we see that tons of brands actually go about testing DPA the wrong way. Right. So a lot of brands will actually, in order to test DPA, will launch their like other other kind of test campaigns and compare it to their BAU catalog campaign. The BAU catalog stands for business as usual. This yeah. is the catalog that like you've always had running that has collected all the learnings and all the insights. DPA is extremely sensitive to collecting data. So the more you've been running it and like the more you've had it on, like the better it generally performs and the harder the BAU catalog is to beat. So a lot of people will drop in a new catalog, whether it's into ASC or otherwise, or like a supplemental feed and compare that in isolation against their like BAU catalog. And like, you're not going to beat it in a one-to-one -one quick AB test almost ever. Um, the proper way to test DPA is actually to, um, to set up a, like a new, like AS, a new, your control catalog against like the test catalog 
as as new catalogs, right? So you're going to upload a new feed um, that doesn't have all of the learnings and then drop in an ASC feed or a new designed feed or one that has fr- like the frame presets from Facebook in it and then let those run separately and compare those against the control in the, in the, in the test environment. And then once you see a winner there, you know that comparatively at scale, this will perform better than the control and then you scale that learning into your BAU and you'll watch performance lift over time, right? And so for this reason, like because testing DPA has this more, a little bit more complex and longer term like workflow and isn't as simple as like just quickly DB testing like a bunch of images and videos against each other, right? It's it's more like I'd compare it to maybe like the SEO of like paid ads, right? Sure. Like it's a little more of like a long-term strategy you have to build learnings and, you know, and, and, and testing takes a little longer. Um, but folks who know how to do it the right way can pull it off, really like lean on that as a consistent, like always on hitter for them, um, rather than like flashing the pan performance. Let me toss in a question for you real quick. Um, do you see performance variance or I guess spend weights differ from prospecting to retargeting? Because I know when I, back in the day, I could never get Daba to work, but I would clean up with DPA on retargeting at, at like nice levels. Because uh, for folks that don't know, like Facebook's essentially tracking you everywhere if your pixel's on the website. And so what'll happen, and you can see this really prevalent in, uh, you guys know I'm a sneakerhead, so like StockX, these other things where it's like, you'll go look at some shoes on the app or something like that. And then you come back and you're on your Instagram feed and you're like, holy shit. I just looked at these like, oh my gosh, this is great. But so do you have any suggestions there in terms of a split for like, should be people be using DABA like at the prospecting level? Should people be leveraging DPA to have, uh, you know, more efficient, effective retargeting layer? Where do you guys land on that? So definitely, definitely both. So on, oh. on, on DABA, right? So yeah, you should be running both. Same catalog? Same catalog. Okay. Yeah. Um, so... I would so so same catalog, different targeting strategies set up yep. separately, right? Yeah, yeah. So number one, yeah, like it cleans up on retargeting if you're not using DPA for retargeting, like it's just like leaving money on the table. One one step further that we always recommend to brands is is channel coverage with um with DPA. So most almost every major social platform, TikTok, Twitter, Pinterest, Snapchat, Google. Um, and then even on the open web, Critio, Stack Adapt will ingest your catalogs and run retargeting for you, right? And so what we generally recommend, like to extend the reach of your, like retargeting has really limited reach, which is why we sure. can't like scale it, obviously. Um, but then you can you can get so much more reach out of it with channel coverage. And just by uploading that, that catalog to those other platforms and running it on really low spend, you typically see like outsized performance. It's not scalable, but you can you can get those wins. And we recommend folks to like implement a really like total like channel dominance approach with their dynamic product ad. So it's not only on Meta, right? Um, when it comes to DABA, right? And when it comes to like how how can we we hear it like all the time? Like deep, we tried DPA, we tried DABA, doesn't work for us, right? Right? I mean, that's like saying you know like. That's like saying like video ads don't work for us, right? Sure. Like there are, um, you know, it's just it's just likely that the way you've set it up or what you've tried and tested hasn't worked. 
but that doesn't mean that the ad format itself can't be successful for you, right? One of like the crazy parts is that we see so many direct-to-consumer brands who end up crushing it with DPA who initially come to us and have like really basic like setup mistakes in 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 the setup of their feed. So for instance, like they might you know not be using a pin, right, which is a product information management yeah. system, and instead might use like the native like Shopify Facebook integration, which seems like an obvious move, like. Why not use the yeah. native integration? Shopify knows what they're doing, right? Shopify yeah. themselves recommends not to do that because when you connect the feed directly to Facebook, it creates a different product ID, which disconnects the learnings from the pixel and prevents the transfer of a lot of catalog data over into Facebook, right? So like, they're like, oh, use this free pin plugin that we have. They themselves recommend against the native integration and using a free plugin called Flexify, which is like a yeah. really lightweight pin. Yeah. There's this whole billion dollar industry of PIMs uh, that like literally just exists as service e-commerce providers that essentially is like the source of truth that connects like yeah. your warehouse data, your POS data, um, and like, you know, your product photography, your know, translation stuff into this place that you can then into a database. There's essentially a spreadsheet that you can right. then connect to like your Shopify, your storefront, um, your third party marketplaces like Amazon, wherever else you sell and ad platforms right you like you should be using a pim and make sure that like everything there is really up to date and you have an optimized feed strategy feed for ingesting into ad platforms to best inform them about what your product is so like you should have columns in there that are like you know those like super seo optimized like yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, descriptions yeah. Yeah. like those should be in those really actually help in help dab right? Because you're teaching the platform so much more about what your product is, right? So something like that, where like you'll import it with the wrong columns or something, just basic like setup mistakes often always result like totally disqualifying from seeing success with DPA right off the bat, right? So like, it's almost to the point where we were thinking about rolling out like a, uh, like feed audit, DPA audit, like as a service thing where we just like deep, we have a DPA expert who looks at your setup and confirms that like you know you're all you're all set because we see so many problems happen at that stage total aside i think managed services with proprietary tech is going to be the path sorry go ahead ash yeah so when you're when you're saying like okay you have to kind of optimize like the feed and whether that's like almost like you're optimizing your google feed right where you're, you're enhancing seo things like that how often should you be kind of making changes like, how are you, like, how do you know one version versus Great another, version. like, could be better or not, you know? So, like, I don't know if there's a way to, like, A-B test certain things where you're getting or seeing more efficiency. Um, what, are your, what are your thoughts around that? Yeah, I mean, so testing testing feeds, it was historically, like, confusing for a lot of people because it's like, well, once we set it up and upload it, what else can we do? Like, what right. other levers are there to pull? Like, once right. the setup is optimized, like, what next, Right. But then one major area for like, you know, we're a creative automation company, right? At Marbite, right? And when we saw like that, it, you know, like this massive amount of spend was going into running DPA, which effectively is just a product image, which doesn't look like a good ad, right? It's obviously missing all of the visual variables that like make ad, ad creative successful, like, you know, like branding, right? Like a logo, like value props, testimonials, like five stars doesn't have any of these, like the, the, these components in it. We were like, okay, 
there's you could pull the creative lever as a method to test fees, right? Um, you know, but but obviously, like you can't, you're not going to like take it, redesign every single you know skew of your feed to try to optimize to try to ingest that into a platform. So you know, so that's where where we came in to try to actually we made our design tool usable for ingesting feeds. You can design a template for for your brand. And then, you know, it'll render out a new feed that you can then upload and, and, and test, right? And so, like, we find that just really simple things like adding in your logo or brand colors or just like a testimonial or even just the product title into the creative itself really ma majorly moves the needle. And so just having the capability to, like, have complete design control over what your DPA looks like is a really testable thing. How often should you be testing it? not nearly as often as you're testing other things in your account like video and static image creative definitely a much slower pace much steadier pace like we it depends obviously it depends on the brand and the level of spend that you have you know but we typically see like major retailers that we work with um you know we'll typically launch maybe one or two new feed designs like every month or two right it's kind of like a slower pace of testing um and then and then they'll like they'll scale that learning. And then once they scale, they'll like test more designs. Right. So, um, it's kind of like an always on testing approach, but like at a way less of a like volume, than you're probably testing your other formats. Don't say that too loud. Charlie's going to pop over my shoulder saying there's no testing campaigns <laughs> needed. Um, so he probably, he's going to love that. Um, <laughs> so let me just get the hierarchy straight. Cause this is starting to coalesce for me. So you have your feed, and then you have, or you have your catalog and then that catalog, the feed is a function of that catalog. And so you don't necessarily change your catalog when you're testing. You're just going to change like the, the images that are being used for, um, the feed, or you're going to be changing, like you're not making multiple catalogs, right? Like the, the changes are within that core catalog or you're spinning up different catalogs that will then have different feeds. Does that make sense? What I'm saying, am I, am I understanding that correctly? They are, you're, yes, yeah, but they, they are, they are new catalogs, right? Oh, okay, so they're like, going to be new catalogs, okay. Yes, right, because, so, so you'll upload your core feed, which has, like, yep. your basic product images yep. into, a, a, like, a DPA design tool, yep. like Marpipe or yep. others, yep. and then, and then you will then, um, you know, you'll then design, you'll make a new design, and we'll spit out a new feed link for you. That's optimized yeah, yeah, okay. for performing on yep. on the ad platform. You upload that into Meta and then test it against the control. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Um, yeah, and there's nothing worse when you see like a big brand and they have their DPA and the aspect ratio is off. Sorry, go ahead, Ash. We gotta we gotta buy you some better internet over there in New Jersey. This kid this is building, man. I'm sorry. Ash is guys. the most pixelated guy I've ever seen. <laughs> oh my god i i again i gotta hit up the it guy <laughs> oh my god i hate this eight bit um, ash <laughs> retention.com isn't just sponsoring ad spend and retention.com isn't just there to help you grow your email funnels they're also an amazing resource for marketers check out their podcast check out their youtube channel check out their resources including the five fundamental marketing flows you need to grow get all of that at retention.com the link is in the description below so when yeah. you're running when you're running the, these catalog ads right um 
on like a, I guess, level of spend throughout different products, right? If you have products that are not spending as much or getting any scale, right? Is there any benefit in terms of optimizing that that catalog and removing certain products or is there no harm in letting everything kind yes. of run at the same time? Yes. Great question. Yes, yes, yes. So this is where supplemental feeds come in. And so like, for instance, one of the biggest areas of DPA arbitrage that we see where where brands and, and retailers like win really big is by like uploading like collections and uh, and all and particularly like sale collections, right? So if you're running a mem- like, okay, we've got Memorial Day weekend Okay, we've got a bunch of brands who are like, these are the items that we have. On, we're doing our men's collection for X percent off on, you know, on Memorial Day weekend. Um, you know, you can upload that as a supplemental feed with a specific design custom to Memorial Day sale in the DPA and the specific uh, price strike through for that sale, which you don't need to design at all. It filters in dynamically because it's connected to your PIM which is your source of truth, right? Which is live updated and will show that like live the sales that are live on your site in the DPA when you make a separate collection. We've almost never seen an example of like a flash sale or a catalog promotion when you where you create like a supplemental feed that is just bucketing those into a separate sub feed. Uh, we've almost never seen that like not do really well, right? Like that's that is like a kind of, usually an easy win uh for for brands um that are running like sales against particular collections um and it's like uh i I feel like it's under talked about right like the good operators know like know to do that um but uh but yeah when we bring this idea to a lot of dtc brands like oh great call right good idea didn't think of that right and it just becomes part of the strategy well and you start to use it almost like a um collections page if you will right because you can have up to 10 i believe 10 right 10 products in a carousel so like now i get 10 swipes at you and again uh not to hammer the stock x too much but like that's what they'll do is they'll have like five to seven things that i'd already looked at and then they'll sprinkle in like some just rando stuff um question for you dan what so with all this because when i was running dpa ads we did something similar where we would make so we had like the big daddy catalog that we tried to get to work on DABA. Um, and then we had essentially like our hero product. So we put our top sellers in a collection and that actually did really uh, pretty decent for us. So how many fees do you suggest people make? Is it so like with Marpipe, it's super easy. I just say, hey, I design it. I do this thing. And then you just okay. give me that XML link or whatever it's. And then I toss that into Facebook. Facebook's happy. I have a new catalog. And then I spin up some ads against it or like, so I guess the first question is, what's the workflow to set up this feed? What should people really be concentrating on? And the third, so I guess three questions. And then the third question is, what? Uh, how many feeds do you recommend? So you have that the sale feed, the general catalog feed. Um, just give me some color there. I mean, so it depends on obviously like the brand. And so like yep. if you're like apparel and the like categories is much more natural to like the type of thing you're selling. Or if you're like Obvi and you have like your powders collection and your bars collection, right? Like that lends itself more to having multiple supplemental feeds um, and and different collections, right? So yeah. it, like a travel company, 
you know, probably has way less kind of collections, right? Um, Tracking. But then you've got, um, you know, like when it comes to designing new catalogs, uploading those new catalogs to test, um, and, you know, all the different crew, like within, as far as the DPA design is concerned, right? Like we see that like the catalog page in that meta ad account of like a really good DPA advertiser almost looks like their like creative library. You right. know, when you're like, when you're uploading videos or images, there's like a bunch of options, like a bunch of catalogs that include supplemental feeds and different designs, right? And so to get to the nuts and bolts of it, when you're setting up like a new test, right, you can create like an ABO campaign, right? Where within one ad set, like you can roll out like a control feed, which is not not your BAU feed, but okay. like a new feed upload yep. that's clean, that's a control against like, you know, two, three, four, like designed, uh, you, you know, designed catalogs that are promoting, you know, that, that could be more like they're like evergreen, right? That have just like your brand or whatever it is. When it comes to the like flash sale or something that's timely or super seasonal, right? We just recommend just like, don't even test those, like spin those yeah, up, yeah, roll yeah. those out, get them out there, right? Cause, cause you know, testing could take a while and, you know, typically like Memorial Day, so how long are we really exactly. running creator for Memorial Day sale? Exactly. So, so that has like a different, different approach. Isn't sort of like this ABO, like run it, test it. Um, it's just kind of roll it out there and just watch it. Hopefully, hopefully just do really well. Um, so, so yeah, that, that's kind of like the, the, like the, the, the tactical setup. So, so good brands have tons of like different catalogs in their, like what we like look at as like a catalog creative library. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes a ton of sense. So after, after hearing all this stuff, Ash, what, what are the takeaways for you in terms of tactics, implementation? How are you seeing how DPA would or DABA would um, grow and start to be integrated into Avi, or do you, or are you still gun shy from it? Um, I, I think I think to your point, you know, using a service like Marpipe or, or something similar where you can essentially stand out, right, and maintain brand identity, right? Like for us, imagine you know, instead of the white background, we have our pink, right? And, you know, adding in some of the elements that we're running, maybe even like cashback offers or whatever it is, right? Something that you can kind of stand out from the rest of the crowd. I think that's something that I would love to implement. And like, to your point, I never really thought of it of kind of running catalogs against each other, right? It's almost like you have one and then that too, like to your point, I, I've that's been insane. setting it up through that native Facebook integration with Shopify, which I just found out sucks, right? So- I think that's that's one thing where maybe we weren't seeing the greatest <laughs> results. So I think after hearing this, a couple of things that we'll be doing is obviously okay. getting Flexify or something like that and um, retesting it. But also having that like that way to stand out is I think why people that you're especially brands that you're probably working with are seeing success versus like, hey, we, we set it up. Nothing really came from it. And it's like all right, back to business as usual with um, creative testing. But I love it, honestly. I'll throw in like a few really quick tips on creative variables that we've seen drive the most difference. Number one is incorporating buy now, pay later prices into your DPA. So anyone using like a Klarna or or Afterpay, right? So actually, little known fact, Klarna actually had a product for it specifically for this because it worked so well. Klarna actually used to offer a tool 
where um, anyone using Klarna can render out a catalog with just the buy now, pay, pay later price for your individual items in a feed you could upload to add to two platforms right interesting um, they you know they they've like recently you know tech tech hit the wall and everyone did layoffs and everyone laid off all teams that weren't deemed essential and so like so so you know that 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 product went away but it, i mean they, they invested in it because it like it 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 worked really well we see with our tool you could you could dynamically insert for any product you're serving the buy now pay later uh price which it feels kind of like cheating, like you're running a major discount, like you're promoting a majorly discounted price without actually running a discount, right? So we see buy now, pay later overlays work really well. Um, we see like as seen in um, yeah. logo placement work really well. So like if you're covered in press, like as seen in HuffPo and BuzzFeed, like that really moves the needle, the social proof stuff uh, under that same umbrella uh, stars, like just throw in like, you know, 4.7 out of five stars, right? Yeah. Um, whatever that product rating is. And then like really brief and simple testimonials, uh, which you can all dynamically, all of these things, use your feed information to dynamically insert into the dynamic product ads you, you, you serve so that they're like accurate to the price of the product and the testimonial for that specific product. Um, yeah. I'm curious if there's like for low hanging fruit, overlaying because we have a rewards program right and our engagement rate on that is pretty high so i'm curious if maybe like an overlay of again low-hanging fruit sending or setting up a catalog to your vip customers who probably have like solid bank of rewards points and kind of overlaying like hey claim this for x amount of points or something that might be some way to maybe incentivize the rewards program or you know get some people to like you know cross sell some products or whatever it is but Curious if that's like if anybody's tried that. That's the first thing that came to mind. This is like this is exactly like a perfect right up the alley that's use case so for overlays. Like if you have a certain amount of rewards points associated with every product, um, you can just say like right in the DPA, you could say like, hey, protein powder costs like seventy-nine dollars slash through fifteen dollars of buy now, pay later plus seventeen rewards points. Right. Yeah. Like, and then for any other product, it, the, like those numbers and those figures dynamically update when they're shown. At absolute, this is this is That's this is possible. Not only is this possible to do now, right, but it's probably going to perform really well. Definitely something to experiment with. Um, and and you know, one thing I'll throw in, like as a caveat, is like I think DP like DPA strategies like this are only going to accelerate and become more proliferated and pushed by Facebook because with the rise of Facebook shops. I was just going to ask Meta you that. Meta is going to be requiring every per like every purchase to happen in the app eventually, right? They're like phasing this in. They've announced this. This shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. They want to close the loop and they want all the actual commerce and transacting to happen in, yep. in, in the Instagram and Facebook apps themselves, right? As you close that loop and as shops experiences get more built out, um, DPA is only going to become more and more effective. So people who get really get it, get their strategies and tactics on DPA right now, will see like the rising tide of Facebook shops coming in, and and that'll be a format that's really going to thrive. I love that, Ash. I really like. I, and I could be Bernstein Barons moment here, but I'm pretty sure uh, Amex does this, 
where Amex will show me like all these little vacations that I can buy and be like, oh, it's X amount of Amex points, Y amount of Amex points. I could be making that up, but I'm pretty sure I've seen that. That's a really cool idea, Ash. Um, okay, Dan, another question for you. Do you, so uh, Avi has some incredible bundles. Do you see people using uh, a feed for bundles where it's like, here's your skin bundle, health bundle, et cetera, et cetera. Do you see people uh, promoting, using DPA for bundles as well? Yep. Bundles are a different skew. Ash will tell you. So a bundle, a bundle can count. Like usually a bundle is, um, is just like um, another skew item where it's like yep. this plus this plus this equals yep. like another master skew. Um, and so, so yeah, um, then that, and that also falls under collections too. You can like create like collections of bundles and what you can do with the creative overlays is highlight the price savings right in the DPA. Yeah. Okay, cool. And so you, you would have your, the bundles included in the BAU feed and then you would test out a collection of bundle specific. Yep, exactly. I love that. And you'd create a design where it's like bundle say for that specific uh, sub feed or supplemental feed or, or like collection, you would put like crazy savings with bundles as like the evergreen like copy, right? And then you'd put dynamically insert price savings for every bundle that you have. And so people will see that when it's served. Yeah. Could you potentially dynamically show if say, for example, we have a free shipping threshold at like 75, then we have like a free gift after a hundred, whatever. Could we dynamically show, um, what, products qualify for free shipping or qualify for like one free gift, two free gift, three free gifts based on price and then show that overlay. Yeah, exactly. So you make a collection that filters based on, so like, let's say any item, any item or any bundle that exceeds a hundred dollars qualifies for free shipping. You can filter, you can make collections through filters. So you can say, make me a collection for every item over a hundred dollars. And then you have that's that sub feed and then you can create a design that says free shipping and so free shipping only appears in the dynamic product ads that you know clear the price threshold to automatically be free shipping oh easy love that i love this see ash is just coming up with like the dpa strategies <laughs> right now <laughs> this is great we're gonna have to revisit all of this <laughs> uh that's super super fascinating um uh, i guess so before we get into kind of the fun questions What's the, so there's some lower kind of not as flexible feeds. How does, just give us kind of the quick elevator pitch for the Marpipe DPA. So I sign up for you guys. I give you guys some money. You do not have a touchless motion yet, correct? So I, I get to talk to you or I get to talk to somebody at Marpipe or there is a touchless. Completely self-serve. You can do oh, it totally what? on your own. We rolled this out at the beginning of the year. Actually, it's pretty new, and we've been scaling it up. We haven't been making too much noise about it. Um, I but did not know this. We, we are now, uh, which is, uh, you know, here I am. Uh, but, yeah, it's 100%. It's, it's, it's 100%. Um, you can go and sign, go to merpipe.com right now. Yep. And you can create an account for free. Upload your feed. Then, within within minutes you can pick from a bunch of our preset templates that we've designed that work well for most product feeds and see what your feed could look like under these different like templates that we have you can then open that up and edit it however you want you have full design freedom right so imagine it's like a your product image is like a placeholder yep. you can click auto crop backgrounds from all of my feed because your all your product images have white backgrounds right click a button 
auto crop the backgrounds from all of those. Throw in your your background, your pink, the obvi pink to make it pop, right? Then you can like type in some copy and some text. Then you can insert like placeholder for price. And you can have full design freedom to make whatever designs you want as if you're designing like a, a static image ad. Interesting. Um, and then it'll and then just click render out new feed. Um, and then we'll give you a link that you can then upload into the platform. At the point at which you like want to render out a new feed, you're going to probably want to talk to sales and discuss pricing options. Uh, but uh, but up until that point, you know, 100%, you can play with it all you want for free on your own. Um, and so, yeah, um, that's how a lot of folks are getting started today. Interesting. And you have, uh, and you support, like you said, so you've seen people being, because when I was doing this, <clears throat> I think I was hacking it together, doing some crazy thing. And it was so frustrating because there's, and I don't know if this has been standardized or not, but like Google wants certain parameters, right? Like Facebook wants certain parameters, TikTok. And you guys just do all of that for me. Yeah. The, when it comes to feeds, you're not going to need to worry about that. Uh, yeah. It's amazing. I, I ran into the issues that you were always talking about where it's like, I had one feed set up perfect for Facebook, but then Google was yelling at me because I put in the wrong thing or it was classified. Like I, I kept running into all these headaches and I was like, dude, I just want to make a feed. I just want to run some ads. That's that's amazing. I want to go back to one little thing that you said there, and it's a little bit of a SaaS tip, but we have some people that straddle SaaS and D2C. Can you tell me the story about you adding uh, your SSO with Google and how that actually affected and impacted MarPipe's uh, business? Oh my God. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we were, we are like obviously trying, right? Like we rolled out enriched catalogs fully self serve. Yep. Um, you know, like for instance, th there are some products out there, um, like, um, Stitcher, for yep. example, yep. right? That are like a heavily enterprise based product. You're going to need to talk to sales. You're going to need to have them implement it for you. There's a lot of built in services and it starts at 12K a month on an annual agreement. Right. We were like, this is like DPA, like good DPA and design DPA. We, we call it rich catalogs. Shouldn't be exclusively limited to people who are willing to pay that amount, who are like the pretty much just Fortune 500s. Right. Yeah. We want to like lower the threshold. All DTC brands, people with not a lot of SKUs should be able to have like freedom to access this and do do, do it on their own. Um, and so rolling out a totally self-serve experience was like a huge product priority for us because we saw the demand is really high in this category. It's easy yep. setup. It's an easy win. It's like a set and forget performance thing. And like most people can't access like any of the sort of like really up there things for it that require yep. a bunch of people. So like, let's make it easy and self-guided. Um, so we were like rolled it out and then, you know, we're, we're sort of figuring out how to optimize our signup form. Right. And so um, in the signup page on Marpite is just like enter your work email and your first and last name. Right. And this is like, this is straight up like CRO, but for like SaaS. Okay. We're like, okay, the sign up rate is right around 20%. So, like, people who land on that page, 20% approximately will fill that out. And, uh, like, just, and all we're asking for is work email. Okay. 20% of people filling it out. We were like, this sucks. Right. One out of five. We Not just great. threw in sign up with Google as an option right above that. And our signup rate at scale went to 35% on that page. We almost doubled our signup our signup completion rate um, just by adding in that option. So CRO works for SaaS too. <laughs> That's beautiful. I love to see it. Um, 
Milwani, any other uh, thoughts, questions before we get into the fun questions? I, I'm like ready to set this up when I get out of here. <laughs> and uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of itching itching to play with it as well. Um, one one quick call out I want to capitalize on. Hit me. Okay. This is and this is like okay. Have you guys been seeing this whole UGC is dead trend? Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> like Daniel Oken and uh, and and Shaq are yeah, like Shaq. screaming UGC yeah, yeah. is dead from yeah. the hilltops. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I I decided to like look up. Okay. What is the? Okay. I decided to search. What is the um, Google search volume for UGC ads and dynamic product ads over the past three months? Okay. So Google search volume for UGC ads has gone down 46% over the last three months. And for DJ has gone up 21%, right? So we're seeing, so like, I just thought that was an interesting data point. <laughs> I. I actually like I don't want to be too doom and gloom, but I, I think the reason it's dead is because the arbitrage has evaporated. Um and I think what's happening is like these the creators that can actually drive the returns for you are overpriced and it's hard to get your money back. And then the creators that aren't don't drive any returns for you. So you're basically burning your money. So there's not a really good place to invest right now, I think, in UGC because the good creators have overpriced themselves and the bad creators are just a waste of money. And so there's not anywhere that you can really plant your money other than giving it to Dan and setting up a damn feed and starting to print some more money. Let's go. Do you have any more, any pontifications on the UGC, um, Ash? Yeah. Um, to your point, I might push back a little bit here. Um, I don't Ooh, know turn the if, heat up. yeah, I don't know if like the cost to acquire, like, I don't know if that's like a big deal anymore. Cause one, say, let's just say a creator costs even at the high end, right? Maybe $500 for a video, right? I, I, I would don't think I would ever pay more for, for a video, right? Who are you talking um, to? Did I know people throwing out 3k, 5k video, like 500 bucks a video, dude, that's, that's scrubs, C-Squad. Are you not, but then you might be talking about like influencers, right? No, I'm just talking about, I mean, that, but that's my point is like these UGC people now see themselves as an influencer because they've done so many videos, blah, blah, blah. And that blows up the cost structure. If you can get somebody good for 500 to a thousand, that's a great bet. But my, my point being yeah, is that the cost know. structure blows I mean, up when it's like, oh, I got to pay you three, five K. Okay, fair. Let's, okay. Let's just assume that you're paying three K for a video, right? This person should be incredible, right? Um, Yes. If it there, there's 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 an there's a chance that it doesn't hit, and then you're completely out of the money. Or two, you you have to force yourself to like make your money back on that, right? Like for example, um, like that price. I've uh, to be fair, I haven't really like been working with UGC creators as much. I've been working through like agencies who have that network, and I've been like doubling down more on customer generated content. But when we were working with, I say, love like, that. I love that. Back back in the day, which was like Jamie Lynn Spears, right? This is before the drama with her and this and that. She wanted 3K for like two or three videos. She'd post on her page, this and that. Like that to me was like an all in, you know, price. And then it was on me to now take the ads, chop them up, use them however I, I needed to, to now make my money back on it, right? So like it may not have pushed or moved the needle when she posted on her accounts, that's on us to now go and like, hey, let's let's chop this up. Let's make a mashup. Let's 
run her ad just on its own, this and that to like make it work. But to be fair, like, yeah, if you're spending 3K a video, like, I just, I don't know if people are like, why anybody would do that right now. Again, I, I'm just out of that, out of the loop on that stuff. Cause like I said, we're dialing into customer stuff and giving out $100 gift cards, which cost us nothing, you know? So. Uh, th- so that's my that that would be my pushback. When you you one, if you're getting some semblance of distribution, it's not pure UGC, right? Like there there's some semblance of like influence or something because they're gonna you're gonna get part of that package is some distribution. But for me, like to your point, especially when you have such a vibrant brand, such an awesome product, such a like just rabid, just incredibly ingrained community, dude, spend three thousand dollars on product in cogs and just send it out to a bunch of really amazing people versus making this one bet on this one person that could possibly net out with 3k so that's again for me it's not necessarily the ugc is getting worse it's that the economics had shifted into such an unfavorable um place for a brand that i'd much rather spend three grand and source a bunch of my best users or best clients that have the highest ltvs with product than spending 3k on somebody that's going to say I'm obsessed. You know, it's like yeah. For me it just doesn't land and I think that that or that's where I'm somewhat behind the train on the the UGC is dead because uh you know, it's kind of like companies. The only thing that really kills companies is running out of money. And like when you break those economics for UGC, it starts to get to a place of like opportunity cost. I could spend this money better elsewhere with a higher upside and it's still the same downside. Well, one thing in addition to why I think it's like kind of just dying out is the reason people started making this type of content is because it resembled organic content that was coming out of TikTok, right? I think the type of content that's coming out of TikTok now is not the UGC style anymore. Um, And so the whole point was to blend in, right? And, And not look like an ad. And now these very clearly look like ads. So that's why the effectiveness is like, uh, as soon as I see this bull, like I'm obsessed with this or whatever it is, like low quality crap, people are skipping right away. Like I'm, I probably said this like a million times already. Like I scroll through TikTok 30 minutes before I go to sleep. Like the millisecond I sniff that it's an ad, Great it's like habits. an instant swipe. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so like that's why I think, and, and to your point, Dan, is that the the best practices before we saw this phenomenon of like UGC happening, which was like static ads gifts dpas are coming back because everybody's just so like has quickly become immune to like the ugc style like the tiktok font this and that like i ran a i literally ran an ad two days ago i had one of our customer service girls take a picture literally grab the bottle and i i got this idea from barry literally sticky note and on the sticky note i put like a checkbox and it says satisfies by sweet tooth checkbox healthier hair and i ran that against another ugc style video that we got from somebody and this crushed like absolutely crushed it and i also like took it a step further and i ran it behind like a a whitelisted page so it looked more organic changed the ad copy to like i've been taking this for a few months you guys check it out very simple the ctr was like triple the cpc was low as hell and like it was converting and i was like gotta go back to basics now and like stop like focusing on like this like uh this fluff you know and that's why i'm excited about the dpa stuff because it makes sense why it's working um yeah and and rant <laughs> i i love 
I love that like, you know, DPA ads are like, they're not trying to pretend to not be ads. They're like very yeah. obviously ads, but what make them work really well, like, like we're not trying to blend it. Like everyone knows that DPA with an ad when they see one is like, uh, clearly obviously an ad, there's no hiding that it just, but like the reason it works is because it's like showing your ads to other people looking for collagen protein. Yes. It like assists with discovery, right? Like Facebook is going to be showing that to people they know are like interested in collagen pr protein products, like at your price point. And so like, it's like a welcome ad experience because it's like assisting you in discovery of things that already knows you're, you're interested in. It's like that Amazon, like, you know, you may also like section, right? Yeah. Which like obviously is really popular and gets a lot of engagement, right? It like, it's not hiding the fact that it's trying to sell you something, but it is helpful and, and, and it is at the right place at the right time. Right. And that's why like, that's why DPA is just like a consistent like workhorse there. Yeah. What's old is new. Corduroy is coming back. Uh, we're going to have to skip questions guys. Cause we are uh, at time. This is a really fruitful conversation. I'm really, really stoked about, uh, I actually brought on a new client. So we're going to be spinning up um, some DPA ads. We only have like eight SKUs though, Dan. So I'm coming after you if these eight SKUs don't work. Um, <laughs> jokes aside, we'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. Jokes aside, what? Well, I'll be in New York. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to extend my trip though, but I'm gonna hopefully see both of your beautiful faces. Uh, Dan P, dude, thank you for the time. You are such a muse for me. Uh, just wonderful human building. Such a great company. Knows how to enjoy life. Uh, if you want to live vicariously through him, uh, his Instagram feed is fantastic. Um, how can people get more involved with Marpipe? Uh, how do they sign up? How can they follow you? Is there any guides that you would suggest for quick start stuff? This time is yours, my friend. I'm on Twitter at Dan Fantello, um, talking about DPA strategy. And then, of course, you go to marpipe.com. Um, we've got on our, you'll see our YouTube channel there, which has like tutorials step by step on how to Amazing. get started with DPA, how to avoid the most common mistakes in setting up DPA, how to test feeds step-by-step -step guides on all of that. And of course, right there on marbite.com, you can sign up with Google uh, to our product uh, and uh, and try it yourself for free and see how, see how it works. Um, so thank you guys for having me on, Rob Ash. This is awesome. I've been, I remember I got into your podcast and have been a loyal listener ever since you guys had Dylan Ander on. Let's go. We dropped all that. of those split testing bombs. And then like it yeah. went totally viral on Twitter. That was the first and, in person. Uh, and I was like, I was like, dude, I gotta research a ton of stats to like uh, to to try to like one up like Dylan's knowledge bombs. I don't think I quite might have lived up to it because he just he's a he's a different species. He's a beast. He's uh, a different but, species. Uh, <laughs> but ever since then, I've been hooked on it. So thank you guys for having me on. This is awesome. I had a Let's lot of fun. Let's go. That's amazing. Um, and we also I, I saw you looking at your mute button. Never, Never be ashamed of that beautiful New York City ambiance, baby. A little, a little trash trucks and cop cars never hurt nobody. Let let people know it's true New York. I loved it. Excited to see you in Siren City soon. It's Robert. it. It's it. Yeah, no, I love your office. Your office is just so it's perfect. Um, speaking of, I was scrolling through and I saw actually a DPA ad for a vitamin shop. And I was like, hey, you know what? Why don't I drive to this vitamin shop? And then I got there and I didn't know what to do. I don't know what compelled me to get to this vitamin shop. And then I thought to myself, what happens when I get to a vitamin shop? And then and then my boy Ashwin Owani's voice popped in my head and he was telling me to do what? <laughs> you walk into that vitamin shop and you look that cashier dead in the face and you say, 
where is Avi? And you pull out your phone and you're like, I got this more five ad and I need to find this immediately. <laughs> and so he takes you to the beauty section, Rava, and he says, here it is, take it and go. And you walk out of there and you are now beautiful. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Outside of that, the best clothes of any at... podcast, I'll die on that hill. <laughs> but yeah, follow me at Astro Meloni um, on the Mentor Pass. Uh, season two of Chew on This starting in a couple weeks. Have some really cool guests. Uh, so check it out. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, get with Astro on Mentor Pass. Go get you some DPA action. Um, Dan also has a really cool product, uh, multivariate stuff. If you need some more horsepower in your A-B testing, it's a little bit, uh, not complex, but it's just a much, I guess, steeper on-ramp, you would say, than the DPI product where you just get in you start slanging ads. But uh, fantastic product. I've seen both of them, and they're, they're really, that feed catalog stuff can get really confusing, especially if you're not technical. So being able to just get somebody money and let you do what you do best is uh, definitely something I would highly recommend. Uh, what else we got? We got the uh, whale mail. So we have a fantastic newsletter. goes out every Tuesday, Thursday. Um, you can sign up right at triplewell.com slash whale mail. And then if you want to see our beautiful faces rather than hear our wonderful voices, we put all of our podcasts on true on youtube.com slash triple whale. And then what else we got? We have geek out this week, but you guys, this will come out next week. Yeah, nothing, nothing other kind of crazy housekeeping stuff. So really appreciate all your support. Um, oh, safe word. Dan, what's the safe word for the show? We send, uh, for people that send me a message with the guest safe word, they get some free Triple L merch. What's the safe word? Um, safe word is going to be vitamin product ads. That's almost <laughs> as bad as the moon landing wasn't real. VPA. <laughs> DPA. Better right, scratch it. DPA. DPA. Amazing. DPA. Okay. Yeah. Uh, somebody actually messaged me that Cincinnati and the moon landing wasn't real. Uh, shout out Nate Lagos. <laughs> Lunatic. Love that kid. Original grain. Uh, message me at Rob Arejo on Twitter or uh, Rob Arejo on LinkedIn with DPA and uh, the first three people will win some merch. Make sure you message me your size and address and we'll get it all done. Uh, Dan, dude, thank you so much. This is so awesome. I'm, I'm so glad you're kind of spreading the gospel and helping people make more money because I do think that I'm DPA, especially as the algorithm starts to gain more and more signal. Like my Instagram hasn't been sensational for the last three to four months. Like, and so I think as the uh, algorithm or the s more signal accrues, the algorithm just gets better and better and there's nothing more algorithmic than DPA ads. So uh, I appreciate you, uh, sharing all the knowledge and, uh, you're just the man. I look up to you. Ashwin Mowani slayed the show once again, our, our war correspondent with the 37-second delay. But we got it done, didn't we, folks? We got it done. Uh, we got good editors thanks. for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the money's for. That's what the money's for. Uh, I really enjoyed it, guys. Thanks so much for the time. And then if you do want to help out the show, subscribe to the YouTube channel, subscribe or download the podcast, throw some reviews on there. Um, we really appreciate it. Or if you want, tweet at us. We we love hearing um, your guys' reviews. And if you have any um, suggestions on how to make the show better, we're here for you. We want to make sure that you're getting as much value um, from ad spend as possible. All right, folks, that's another one of the books. Thanks again, Dan. Thanks again, Ash. Um, we'll see you guys on the flip. Bye-bye. Thank you all.